0: What up guys, your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast number 239 and I want to say thank you to all of you that support me Um, this past, I believe actually it was Saturday so yeah just past like day or two um, by the time you listen probably two days but um, I bought my dream car so back in 2019 I bought uh, a brand new Audi RS5 Sportback that wasn't my dream car, but it was a car that I would I just loved. I wanted to own and uh, bought it. I should have leased it instead of actually like buying it, but uh, I should have leased it. That would have been the smart thing to do. But bought it um, and you know loved it. And then, then from Audi, I heard that the Audi R8, which is their top of the line car, that's a supercar. It's an exotic car. Uh, it's a car that you know is. Basically, synonymous with the Iron Man movie. If you've seen the Iron Man movie, the RDR8's in there. Uh, it's also in the iRobot movie, but it's like briefly in there. Um, it's like a futuristic version. But basically, the RD- Audi R8 was something that was introduced in 2007. And then in 2008, it came to America. So around, basically, 2009, when I was 14 years old, around there is when I loved that car, the Audi R8. I was like, man, there has to be. You know, if there's if I could get this car, own it one day, I would, you know, be the happiest person in the world. And just the way things went uh just happened to work out perfectly. Um I heard that Audi was stop stop making was gonna stop making the car in two thousand and twenty three. Actually it was first two thousand twenty two, but then they pushed it back to two thousand twenty three because uh the Russia and Ukraine war caused like a chip shortage when it comes to uh, cars getting produced over there. So, um, I ordered the car, my dream car, the Audi R8 in 2021, October 26th, 2021. I remember the exact day going there, all that placing the order, putting the deposit down, you have to put a $5,000 deposit down, um, place the order and didn't know what, 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 you know, I expected within a year because what I did with the car was I, uh, ordered a Audi exclusive thing where like you basically select what you want on the car completely from top to bottom. It's not like, so when you order a car, you know, if you ever do order a car, if you've ordered a car, you know that there's options on the website, right? But for most manufacturers, there's something that you can go, that goes beyond the options on the website. This is like you directly contacting, you know, Audi or whatever company, you know, Uh, Chevy, whatever company you you, you prefer, and you contact them directly and say, I want this specifically. Even though you guys don't offer on the website, I want this and I'm willing to pay the premium price. And because this was my dream car, I didn't want the regular packages that they have available. I wanted to go beyond that. So I was told that it would take about a year based on what I selected. It would cost about, I don't know, like $13,000 more just for what I want, which is an insane amount of money. Um, To me, that's, 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 that's ridiculous. But I was like, man, like this is the last year that they're supposed to make them. It's my dream car. I'll never, ever be able to order this car ever in my lifetime again. So I just pulled the trigger. I got something Audi exclusive, ordered it. And, uh, you know, um, a year goes by, nothing happens. I got a little frustrated. So a whole year from October 2021 to October 2022, nothing. Uh, then another, I want to say six to seven months goes by. And then finally in March of 2023, uh, they submitted that, hey, you know what? You're you're going to get your car made and it's going to come. Because there's a lot of people that order the R8, but a lot of them ordered it late. And they're not making 2024 models, only 2023 models. So if you ordered late, you probably won't get your car at all. So to me I was like man I ordered in 2021. I was way early before everybody else. On a lot of these uh, a lot of people were ordering like late like 2023 and they closed off the orders on that because they were like we're done making this car. So it's finished. Uh because they stopped making it because they can't uh because you know electric cars are going to be like the standard in 2030. So this car has a V10 naturally aspirated engine which is an engine that's going to be obsolete. It's not going to exist anymore. So even though it's a dumb purchase because it's a car and cars depreciate, so I never recommend people buying cars because you're just going to lose money uh, most of the time. Actually, a lot of basically 90 to 95% to basically, actually like 98% of the time, you're going to lose money on the car. But because this is a one-of-one that I ordered, and on top of that, it's an engine that's going to go extinct. It's not going to be around anymore. Naturally, Asperger V10. I was like, you know what? Even though it's an insane amount of money, I doubt I'll lose money on it. And a lot of people have been telling me it's going to double in price and so on and so forth. So I don't really care because I'm not interested in selling it. It's my dream car. And I'm going to keep it forever till the day that I die and probably pass it on to my kids. But um, it's the reason why I'm saying this, all this stuff, it, so, so some people that are listening, they're probably like, who gives a shit is just a car. And I agree on that aspect. At the end of the day, it's a car that gets you from point A to point B. Uh, there's nothing really too special about it. Yeah. It's one of those rare cars, but at the end of the day, it's the same. It does the same thing as every other car out there. But to me, like I'm not a materialistic person, but I do have like some materialistic goals. Very short, like my dream car, my dream house. That's really about it. I don't really care about anything else. I don't want a watch. I don't want chains. I don't want designer clothes. I don't want nothing else. Like I could care less about everything else. Um, I just want my dream car, and I want my dream house. So, managed to buy my dream car, and when you when you've won something, when you've wanted something since two, since you were 14 years old in 2009, and you finally get it, and you've told people that that's what you're eventually going to own one day, and you finally do it after all these years from 2009 to 2023, it's a surreal feeling. And I waited two years for the car to finally be made and arrive, and I picked it up Saturday morning and. I wasn't surprised, but I started crying because it's like, you know, to some people, it's like, why would you cry over a car? It's stupid. But, you know, it it depends on the context of things. Um, Now, at the end of the day, man, if if this car, you know, gets in a, God forbid, if I get in a car accident, something happens to the car or like, I just, whatever, I don't know. I just get rid of it. It doesn't matter to me. At the end of the day, they're cars. It's like, you know, it's not like the end all be all of life here. Uh, That's not where my happiness comes from is material things. But I do set goals for myself. And if I accomplish a lifetime goal, which is this is a lifetime goal to me, it's a big deal. Um, and it should be for anyone. Depends on whatever whatever you, your goal is. And if you finally accomplish it after all these years, uh, that's where the crying came from. Because I just remember like while I was staring at the car not believing that it's finally mine, it's right in front of my face after waiting for two years To I just kind of remembered all these long nights like this year, I didn't do nothing. I had no vacation, didn't go out, went from home to the office, home, office, home, office. That's it, all day, 24-7. Uh, so you remember all these days of just constantly working and sacrificing and not being able to spend time with family, friends, all this stuff. So I had friends contact me, hey, let's hang out, let's do this, let's go here. I said, no, no, I can't, sorry, I apologize. You know, like all these things that, um, that is just it's just crazy. It's just a surreal feeling. Uh, the car in itself, like you know, it's a car at the end of the day, man. Um, you know, to me, I've never been materialistic. I could, you know, really at the end of the day, care less. But it's just the goal factor of it of what I accomplished. Um, and I love cars at the end of the day. Like, like I said, if you if you ever like if you ever look at me, you won't be able to tell that I have a business or that I'm somewhat succeeding. Uh, average looking guy, man. Sometimes I look homeless on some days. Like I just don't. There's nothing that I like flashy. But if you look at my car, you'll know. Okay, this guy's doing something because that's the only thing that's ever given off that I'm like have any type of income or anything. I'm not wealthy by any means, but I'm also not you know on the on the lower end of things. So I'm like you know I'm doing good for myself, but I'm not like super rich and filthy rich and you know because I think people associate that with supercars. That if you buy a supercar, you're all of a sudden, the rich, what, rich guy who makes all this money—that's not usually the case. Um, I was lucky that I bought a RS five, was able to sell it, made some money back, was able to use that money, and you know stuff like that. So, anyways, I say all this to say, if you're going after a goal in life, um, do it, man, because that feeling that day is something that you can't you can't put it in words. And there was a guy that works there called Bernardo. His name is Bernardo. Sorry, I don't know why I said called, but his name is Bernardo um, amazing guy, man. Um, and he was just like, you know what, this, this rarely happens in life where you accomplish a goal, you know, something in your life, that's a goal. So soak it in. And that's what I was doing. I was just soaking in every moment. Like, like I'm never going to forget that day ever in my life because it's a life goal. So with that being said, I hope that motivates you guys, uh, listening, watching, to go after your life goals, because that, that feeling when you finally achieve it, There's nothing like it. You can take any drug. You can do anything in life. There's nothing to me like that feeling, period. It's a feeling that just, it's hard to explain. And that's why I started crying. And that's why I was like, and then like, I was just, I was in awe that this actually happened. And I'm still in awe. I'm going to be in awe forever. I'm never going to be like unappreciative. I always, every single day, I'm thankful. I have this job that people actually care and listen and support like, that means the world to me. And I've never, never in my life taken that for granted. I wake up every day like, this is the greatest thing I get to do ever. And and I think that's where people lose it when they take it for granted. And they're like, oh, you know what? That is what it's like. No, there's, this is, You know, I've seen a lot of YouTubers fall off and just completely lose everything. And uh, because they just take it for granted. I think it's easy. Something that's like, oh, oh, I got this huge success. And now that's why I say like, build it bit by bit because you appreciate it more. When you just skyrocket and make it big, you don't really appreciate it as much. So I say all that to say, go after your life goals. There's only one lifetime that you live. You're only young for a certain amount of time. Uh, I know right now, this isn't the best purchase ever. I could have bought, you know, whatever the hell at this point with that price point of a car could have bought land, could have invested, could have done all these things, but you're only going to be young for a certain amount of time. So, Buy that dream car, you know, and make sure, you know, if even if it's above what you can afford. To me, it lights a fire under my ass to work harder. Um, like this R8, you know, it's it's a little bit above what I would have liked to buy for a car, but uh, it's going to light up, you know, it's lighting a fire up on my ass just to work even harder. So um, go, go after those goals, guys. Like don't, 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 uh, you know, females, males, whoever's listening. I don't know if you're an alien or not, whatever the hell you are. Just go after those goals. That accomplishment feeling is something that you can, nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can say anything. Nobody, that that, that moment is yours. You did that. And, you know, be proud of it And soak it all in and stuff. I encourage everyone and go after your goals. You only get one life. So anyways, I'm out of this motivational type of speech. I apologize for going on this crazy rant, but I just wanted to share that with you guys because I appreciate all of you. And uh, I want to share aspects of my life that uh, wouldn't be possible without you guys. That's a simple fact, the truth. Um, Without you guys, none of this would have been possible. So I feel I'm obligated. I have to share that with you guys because uh, if I can do anything to motivate you guys, help you guys any way that I can, uh, I try my best. I respond to as much messages as I can. Uh, Whatever, you know, whatever people ask me, I I try my best. Uh, I remember somebody messaged me about their YouTube channel, help them out. Like I try as much as I can to help out because I want to motivate. I love seeing other people succeed as well, man. Uh, that's something that just, it's just like a, a, it's a feeling that like, you know, like even when you accomplish your goals, when you see other people accomplish your goals, it motivates you. It's a great feeling. And I've seen that, you know, I've seen other people accomplish their goals. Like, dude, I can't wait till I do that. So uh, yeah, crazy story, but uh got my dream car. It's something that um, I'm never going to forget. And now I'm satisfied in terms of cars. I have no interest uh, in really, and I love cars. Now, if I become a multi-millionaire and I'm just clearing like uh, 30 million a year, like it's nothing, then I'll find myself buying some cars because I just love cars in general. Like I'm a car enthusiast. I've always been. So that's like the only thing that I like luxury wise that, uh, cause other than that, I really don't give a shit about anything else. Watches, chains, designer clothes, uh, whatever the hell, all these other things I could care less about. Um, to me, it's just not really that interesting. Um. And when i bought the car somebody's like oh you need to buy a rolex to match the the car i'm like haha i mean i'm not really you know any of that into any of that stuff so uh to me i I think just if you rely like if your happiness relies on material things it's not going to go good for you uh you're not going to be happy you're not going to be fulfilled so uh go after your goals but also focus on yourself too focus on your social life a family is important you know having a Uh, relationship with somebody and being in love, that's important, way more important than all this stuff. I would throw all, I've seen multi-millionaires that are lonely in big mansions. I'm not even joking when I say this. I know this is a cliche thing to say, but I literally knew somebody. He owned Drake's old Bugatti, Lamborghini Aventador, all these cars, G-Wagon. He owned, basically in his car lot was about, I want to say probably $10 million worth of cars. And Lonely would always invite me uh to hang out would always have people over lonely 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 and i would i would give all everything away i do not want to be lonely that's something that i i encourage people just focus on your goals too but don't end up being lonely because you're not going to you're not going to be satisfied with it this material stuff is not going to satisfy you um so you know keep level headed and all this stuff but you know, know know that you know material things isn't the end all be all things it's a great goal accomplishment but other than that, it's at the end of the day, material things it can go away, and it doesn't make or break you as a person. It shouldn't, you know. So right right now, if I lost everything, started from scratch, uh, I'm still the same person. Doesn't 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 change me as a person. So uh, let's get into the news, though. Enough of me talking about all this stuff, um, but let's get into the news. Kodak Black, he has landed in federal custody due to probation violation. So uh, let's go over the article. Kodak Black has been Carded off to federal prison after violating his probation, Hip Hop DX has confirmed that the Federal Bureau of Prisons that the 20 with the Federal Bureau of Prisons that the 26-year-old rapper has been placed in custody in Federal Detention Center in Miami, Florida. While it's not clear when Kodak Black was placed in federal custody, it is clear that he remains behind bars as the BOP doesn't list, as the BOP doesn't list a release date. I said Bob. <laughs> Uh, Hip Hop DX has reached out to FBI's Miami field office for additional comment and clarification. So yeah, you guys know he got he got charged with the cocaine possession and tampering, and then he denied it and said, "Why would I do cocaine? I don't do cocaine. I've done heroin, and all these other drugs." But you know, we talked about this on the last episode. Uh, but yeah, you know, we'll keep eye on this man. It's not looking good for him, and I hope he gets the help that uh, you know he deserves. And this is why exactly I. I say don't, don't worry about material things because health is wealth. That's the number one thing. Uh, Crazy Bone reveals doctors did not expect him to survive recent hospitalization. Very sad. Uh, Crazy Bone has recently recovered from his near-fatal health scare and doctors didn't think he'd pull through. Back in 2016, the Bone Thugs and Harmony MC was diagnosed with a rare condition called pulmonary scardiosis but he'd always pull through with any past hospitalizations. However, as he told Spin Magazine in an article published Tuesday, December 12th, this last hospitalization nearly cost him his life. He said, I didn't even know how serious it was until I woke up. They informed me of everything that was going on. The doctors in the ICU, I don't know if it's what they see every day, but their outlook was grim. They were like, he might not make it out of here. The lung uh, function on the left side is completely dead, you will need a lung transplant. This is everything they're telling my family when I'm in the process of waking up. You continue to, when I wake up, everybody's looking grim. They tell me this, they tell me this, and I'm like, okay, they're going to gear me up for a lung transplant. So they sent me right over to the Ronald Reagan Center because my primary doctor, when she heard them talking about a lung transplant, she was like, wait, let's slow down here. This is my patient. I just had a visit with him, and he just had one of the best breathing tests. We need to slow this down. I don't think he needs a lung transplant. That's why... I was in the hospital for so long they were doing a whole evaluation. Uh, Back in October, rapper took to Instagram. Just Yeah, so he... That is wild. So here's here's, um, an interesting story about this stuff is a lot of doctors get things wrong. If you're ever in a health scare situation, if you can, if you can, because I know this is tough because of health insurance and all these other things involved. If you're in the means to and you can do this, get an opinion from more than one doctor. Because we have to think, first off, doctors are humans. They're going to make mistakes. That's the number one thing. Second, a doctor is only as informed as he is researched in the stuff that he's doing. Meaning, you know, he's only going to know as much as he researched and deep dived into in a lot of things. At the end of the day, these are doctors that, yeah, they get degrees in this field, but they don't know everything. And they don't know sometimes how to handle situations. Uh, Not every doctor is the same. Some are smarter. Some are more. Some care more. Some don't. And I know it's because, you know, I've taken my mom to certain uh, uh, hospitals and doctors and stuff for things. And uh, some of them, you know, say things like, oh, you know, she's fine. It's okay. Nothing's going on. And then one doctor's like, no, there's something going on here that she needs to take this type, this, this, this. And another doctor says this and this. So it's like, make sure. You try to get more opinions than just one doctor because some doctors can be wrong. Look, so that one of the doctors there said he needs a lung transplant. And one doctor was like, no, this is my patient. We did a breathing test. He's perfectly fine. He doesn't need a lung transplant. It's crazy. Imagine if he would have got a lung transplant for nothing, literally nothing. So, you know, here in America, especially, I think, not to say all doctors or all nurses or all that, a lot of them just don't care. They're just like, hey, Let me prescribe you whatever I need to prescribe you and get out of my face, basically. A lot of them are like that. And I've seen that with my own taking my own mom to places when she needs to go visit a doctor for things. There are some that just don't give two fucks. They're not, they're not paying attention to detail. They could care less. Some are like, okay, what's going on here? Let's figure out. Okay, this you're doing with this. Okay, let's see this. Let's see this. Let's get blood work on this. Let's see. Like they follow up. They want to make sure everything's going good. Some doctors don't give two fucks. And I've seen that. I'm like, we need to never show up here again because this doctor could care less whether you survive or die. So with that being said, health is wealth, number one. And two, get multiple opinions if you can afford to do that. I know a lot of uh, situations, it's hard. A lot of insurances don't cover it. You know, even my mom's insurance, uh, some parts they cover, some parts they don't. Um, But just know that you know get multiple opinions not every doc not doctors don't know everything you know not every doctor will know everything make sure you get multiple opinions if you can if you have the time to obviously if you're in a health scare it's a little different situation but um yeah this is a perfect example of that and i'm glad like that was highlighted in this that you know that doctor was wrong about the lung transplant and another doctor said no he doesn't need it and he's good now so uh god bless crazy bone glad he made it through and survived this because honestly. Based off the reports, I was like, damn, he ain't going to make this. That's what it seemed like. So it's good that finally there's a story where somebody's hospitalized hospitalized really bad and finally makes it through. So shout out to Crazy Bone. Diddy, uh, you know, he's dealing with all the problems that he's dealing with. So he has hired a new legal team to defend him, as he has to, because he's going through a lot of stuff. So let's go over the article. Diddy has hired a high-power legal team to help him in his fight against a pair of sexual assault cases. Per all hip-hop attorneys, Jonathan D. Davis, Alyssa M. Pronley, and Anthony C. Lomacano are on board to represent Diddy uh, in two cases filed by Joy Dickerson, Neil, and Jane Doe. Uh, the notices advising the courts of his legal counsel were made with the New York County clerk on Wednesday, December 13th. In addition to Diddy, former Bad Boy president Harvey Pierre, Bad Boy Records, and Diddy Enterprises are all listed as defendants. Diddy spoke out earlier in December denying everything. Uh, did going to be, you know, dealing with things like OJ Simpson, man, hiring one of the best legal teams that he can hire and, uh, you know, going to be fighting everything. He's not going to settle like the Cassie situation, um, because he probably feels like, you know, these people don't have enough evidence to actually convict me of anything or charge me or give me, you know, uh, to lose any lawsuits. But Cassie seems like she did. And what's wild is there was this, uh, gay stripper slash porn star. That got arrested in 2019. This is 2019. And he said. He alongside other male strippers and porn stars. Uh, basically did a bunch of crazy things with Cassie. While Diddy was in the corner. You know. Uh, stroking the chicken. I'll just say that. So Cassie's lawsuit that alleges to all this was mentioned by this this gay uh, stripper slash porn star back in 2019. And look what this, other, this guy said, though, during the interrogation by the police. He also said Rick Ross, a.k.a. William Roberts, has, uh, how do I put this in the cleanest terms possible, has relations with Diddy as well. They be, you know, doing their thing together. In bed, I'll just say that. And then, if that's not wild, that's that's why Rick Ross is defending. You know, while is attacking Diddy, William Roberts is defending Diddy to attack Fifty. I knew that because they're butt buddies. But anyways, that that's 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 wild in itself. On top of that, you said DJ is involved in it as well. They do things together. All three of them in bed with each other. That's what the. The interrogation, review. I'm not saying this, it's not coming out of my mouth. Uh, if you get a chance to watch it, I forget the guy's name. It's all over social media. Uh, you can watch, he got interrogated. This is back in 2019. Before all this. Years before. So, if there's evidence, if there's audio clips, if there's people saying this and that way before these lawsuits, clearly where there's smoke, there's a fire. That should say something about these Diddy allegations. That something is going on behind the scenes. There has to be. People don't just speak on false things like this years and years ago. Like There was one Diddy's uh, secretary or whatever, one of the uh, employees at Bad Boy, said she walked in on Diddy getting uh, fellatio from another random guy that was like a singer that was supposed to be signed by Diddy Bad Boy Records like all these stories like there's got to be where there's smoke there has to be a fire I'm just saying guys I you know I've heard people getting accused of things but it's only one time and then it goes away because it's not real but getting accused by multiple people and all these stories floating around there's something going on something you know uh, I don't know exactly what but something's going on so yeah Diddy's Diddy's prepared man he's hiring the best of the best as he should my life was on the line if I was a damn near a billionaire I would hire the best of the best so We'll keep our eye on this. Speaking of uh, dealing with lawsuits and issues, a lot of people will probably be happy with this news. Me, personally, I'm indifferent. I could care less because I'm not a street guy. I don't care. I could care two 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 Fs about what this is. 6ix9ine uh, may have to sell off a lot of his assets to pay off a $10 million assault judgment. Let's go over the article. That's that's a lot of money, man. Looking like the game numbers here. Uh, 6 ix 9 has found himself at the edge of of a potential financial cliff thanks to his failure to respond in a timely manner to demands made in the civil trial. According to court documents obtained by HipHopDX, the Gummo rapper made several unsuccessful efforts to try to get the nearly $10 million judgment filed against him by dancer Alexis Salabiros dismissed. As a result, a receiver was appointed on November 29th to make sure that the rapper would turn his assets over for potential sale to satisfy the judgment. That means that 6ix9ine's assets, including Florida mansion is Florida mansion and his Rolls Royce may be sold off by the receiver to cover the judgment amount while the option exists. However, there is no indication that the sale of the rapper's property will in fact happen while relevant motions opposing this final judgment were required to the, to be filed by Friday. As of this right in the court docket, doesn't show any additional efforts made by six, nine attorneys. This would indicate that either the motions haven't been filed or that the court dockets have not been updated. So, in November, Exos Miami reported that the 27-year-old is being held responsible for hitting a dancer named Alexis in the head with a champagne bottle. As a result, a Florida ju- jury awarded her $9.8 million in damages after the defendant didn't show up to a civil trial over the summer. Same situation with Gay, man. Uh, 6 9 felt like he didn't do anything wrong, and he's going to get away with the situation. He's not going to get charged with anything, and uh, that backfired. Show up to court, man. Show your face. Say you didn't do this shit. Takes... Couple hours out of your day, and you can avoid paying $9.8 million. It's really common sense. It's simple. Simple common sense. Game said, Hey, fuck that girl. I didn't do that. So he didn't show up. And now he owes, I don't know what the fucking amount of game owes. About 10 million. Same type of shit. Um, Immature man and stupid. You know, even if he hid. Listen, I'm going to bring up 50 because 50 is a genius when it comes to stuff. Look at 50. Threw a mic at that lady destroyed her forehead and at the end of the day nothing's nothing's happening because he he probably was like okay i fucked up let me talk to her let me give her some money on the side to please her 50,000 100,000 so we don't have to go to court over this that's i'm just saying i don't know if that happened i'm just allegedly throwing that out there that would be the smart thing to do six nine would be like oh shit i hit this girl with a bottle even if she even if i didn't do it she thinks i did it there's pretty good evidence that i was close to doing it. Maybe you threw a bottle and almost hit her, whatever. Just settle it before it gets into a lawsuit where it comes 9.8 million. Say, hey, my bad, mamacita. I apologize. Querico, mamacita. I apologize. Here, take $100,000. Be happy. You have $100,000 more than you ever had in your life. And there you go. Settle it. No 9.8 million. Don't deal with that shit. And if you, if you want to be petty and you want to take it to court, show up in court at least. Come on, man. 9.8 million, I ain't no joke. If it was like a $100,000 lawsuit and you're making $100,000 a show, then I'll be like, you know what? You ain't got to show up. You just do, do a concert, make $100,000. Fuck it. If she wins $100,000, give it to her. But this is a $9.8 million lawsuit. This is a huge thing. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care what kind of money you got. Nine point eight million is money, and she's gonna get that. Now, if you actually hit her in the head with a bottle, I don't know if that's worth nine point eight million. To me, it wouldn't be. I'd pay her one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. I'd be like, "You listen. I apologize, baby girl. Let me take care of the hospital bills, whatever stitches you got to get on your on your forehead, whatever the case may be. I'll give you a BBL. Get you, get you, you know, get your body toned right on me. We'll take you to the best doctor in Colombia, and then." I'll also, you know, hook you up about $100,000. dollars you would be good, girl. Buy yourself a Porsche or something. You know what I'm saying? You'll be good. And that'll, that'll, make her, that'll make her a whole day. She won't even think about a lawsuit. Like 50 handles that shit perfectly. Remember when he punched that lady in the concert on accident because he's mad? Brought her up to twerk. She didn't even sue. Like, you know what? Sorry, baby. You're beautiful, baby. Come up and twerk. Twerk, shake that ass, girl. Show everybody you got. You got ass to ask, shake. She didn't even sue. I was like, what the fuck? That's wild, bro. That is why I would have been on the ground, hyperventilating, 50 punch beat, about to die, and just going crazy because I need money. So that's how I would handle these situations. But, you know, uh, whatever. It is what it is. He's going to lose all his shit, by the way, because $9.8 million is no joke. I don't know if he's even worth $9.8 million. He might be might be tripping, but because uh, he still makes money from his music regardless. Uh, I know people are going to be happy. People are like, oh, he's a snitch. Fuck him. Let him lose all the money. Another day, I'm not a street guy. I could give two fucks. I think six nine, and he spoke on this. Uh, I believe a, about a week ago. I think he's multi He's multi talented man. He can sing, rap, like Gotti, Gotti, oh, oh, Gotti, got, then He can ah, yell and shit. I think he was a really dope artist, man. I think uh, he says he's planning on releasing an album soon, so I'm interested in hearing that. I don't care about the snitching stuff. That's got nothing to do with me. Uh, and, yeah, but Quake, you don't fuck with. William Roberts, who did this? William Roberts stole someone's whole identity and pretended to be somebody else. That's a whole different situation versus snitching. Uh, to me, I think stealing someone's whole identity that's alive, that could benefit from that name, it had you helped that person, stealing that identity, faking it, pretending you're somebody you're totally not versus 6 9 Yeah, he was pretending to be much of a gangster, but at the end of the day, he just snitched. That's, I think that's less than what William Roberts did. So if you're going to throw that at me, do not throw that at me because it's not the same type of shit. Stealing someone's identity versus snitching is two totally different things. I'm not a street guy, and if you're not somebody from the streets, you should give two fucks about what somebody snitches. Gunna, if he's a snitch, cool. I don't give two shits. Is he making great music? Cool. I'm going to listen to it. I don't give a fuck. Snitch, not snitch, has nothing to do with me. Those guys have nothing to do with me. And now, if you snitched on me and did something to me personally, obviously, you'd, then you'd be offended. You'd be like, "What the fuck's going on?" But for six nine, come on, guys, tripping. Tory Lanes, he has asked the judge to toss the ten-year prison sentence after bodyguards shooting claims, as we reported on. So let's go over this article. Uh, Tory Lanes has asked the judge to vacate his ten-year prison sentence for shooting Megan the Stallion, following his bodyguards' recent statement that he didn't see who fired the gun. Lanes, who is currently incarcerated at a California prison and has recently hired new legal representation, has petitioned for a resentencing regarding his conviction, according to court reporter Megan Kniff. The filing contains a number of other arguments, including that the Tories childhood trauma should be considered by the appellate uh, court and that his status as a non-American citizen who now faces deportation to content- Canada uh, counts as discrimination. Uh, the petition will be considered at the same time as the rapper's appeal with an opening brief scheduled for Boxing Day, December 26th. It is unlikely the court will rule on the matter for a number of months. Los Angeles attorney David Zarmi, a certified uh, appellate specialist who was not involved in the case, reviewed the petition for legal affairs and said it seems unlikely the court would accept this. This would ordinarily be an effective assistance of counsel argument which they don't raise in a way that the court would consider it and which would normally be accompanied by a declaration for trial, counsel describing his motives, Army said. They're being created by arguing that because nobody bothered to check what Tory Lane's bodyguard, uh, to check what Smith's testimony would be before trial, a counsel stipulated that Smith would not testify. However, there is no declaration attached to indicate that the trial counsel did not know what Smith's testimony would be nor is there even a declaration for the defendant. It seems unlikely the court would accept this. Wow. Yeah, uh, Tory Lanez is trying, man. That's 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 one thing. He is definitely trying. So we'll keep our eye out and see what happens on December 26th. The Cardi B and Nicki Minaj saga continues. And I'm not surprised Nicki Minaj dropped Pink Friday 2. Uh, I've listened to most of the album. Very great album. Well executed. Uh, I listened to the 50 Cent and the Nicki Minaj Beep Beep remix. 50 did his thing, man. Uh, I think 50 still got it. Um, but, you know, I want to listen to more of the album. I want to finish it up so I can do my top, you know, top 10 of 2023 albums, top artists, 2023, all that. Those end of the year lists. So Cardi B response after Nicki Minaj throws shade at her and Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, Nicki ain't playing no fucking games. This what I like. See, the women's hip-hop side has been more entertaining than the fucking male side. At least there's competition going on, man. So, Cardi B has seemingly responded to Nicki Minaj throwing shade at her and Megan Thee Stallion while accusing Billboard of disqualifying some of her album sales. She did say that. On Thursday, uh, Nicki took to X where she called out Billboard for allegedly discounting 100,000 first-week units of her new album, Pink Friday 2, due to her 100 Barb's contest requiring fans to buy four copies each. In her rant, she also alluded to Cardi and Megan's 2020 WAP campaign, in which they joined forces with Cash App to donate $1 million to women in need. Been discussing my 100 Barbs contest for months, Nikki wrote in a since-deleted post. They, sell, they said Billboard reached out to say they're going to take away sales for telling y'all about the 100 Barbs thing. Can't wait until these next six hours are up so I can tell y'all some shit. You can give out millions in Cash App money, though, lol. Uh, so Barb's me asking you for proof of something that was already delivered or purchased is against the rules. So please disregard apologies. Shortly after Cardi B appeared to react to Nicki Minaj's comment by liking a post that pointed out some key differences between her and Megan's WAP campaign. This is what the person said the cash app partnership for WAP was during the end of the second week. It was already number one and it required no proof of purchase and didn't even require you to be a Cardi fan. It read. The only requirement was that you had to be a woman who could use the extra funds. After her like was picked up by the neighborhood talk, the Bronx rap star hopped into the comments to address the commotion. Please post who was liking shit with my name in it first, she wrote. Please post how because of that I started getting dragged on Twitter about lies. You always post in my response, but never when I'm being antagonized and lied on. I was minding my business. WAP debuted at number one and I teamed I teamed up with Cash App after to give the, the money, give away money for women who was in need during the pandemic. No mention or purchase of music needed. It was to help them. You keep poking at me with narratives, and then when I finally respond, I'm the issue. Keep my name out your fucking mouth. You heard Bronx. Outside of the parent flare-up and long-running feud with Nicki, Cardi B recently confirmed that she had split from her husband Offset. Yeah, that's a whole different... I don't get into that shit relationships and all that stuff. Uh, it's too much gossipy tea for me. Um, but if that's the case, then yeah, Nicki Minaj is mentioning different things. Um, the Hunter Barbs contest, you're, you have to buy four copies of an album. thats I mean, at the end of the day, that is kind of manipulating sales. Why four copies? Like, you know, um, that is manipulating sales. So I don't know why she's upset about that. That's a whole hundred thousand they're saying they're, they're taking out. The thing is, though, she was quoted at like, or she was estimated, not quoted, but estimated at like 180,000 to, was one hundred seventy to 190,000. And then it got updated to like 199,000 is what she spe- uh, expected to do. And now she's she did over 200,000 in sales. We're going to go over the album sales a little bit later. But great numbers, man. I don't know. Like, that's fucking amazing numbers. That's like, you can like in today's time doing 200,000 first week is very good. You're like one of the top tier artists. I say, if you do a hundred thousand or more, you are in a top tier list. You're like the A list of artists. If You do under a hundred thousand. I think if you do from, uh, under a hundred thousand to like 70,000, you're like B list, like tier. If You do 70,000 down to like 40,000, you're C list. And if you do everything, anything under 40,000, I think you're pretty much like a D-list uh, artist that's like just not generating any interest. Um, something like that. It's, you know, I think over 100,000, you're definitely an A-list. Like there's no debate in that. I think anybody that does over 100,000 is is doing great numbers in today's time. You know, back then, in 2002, if you're doing 100,000 first week, they would have been like, you flop, you're a bum, get the fuck off our label, your ass cheeks. Everybody's doing minimum 100,000, in a day, and you're asked doing this in a week, so fuck off the label, Um, yeah, I mean, that's the situation back then, but back then, you know, you you could work albums and eventually have your album go triple platinum, quadruple platinum, all that stuff, Um, so interesting story nonetheless, though, and Nicki Minaj, you know, she does feel like she's been blackballed by the industry, so that's interesting in itself, but yeah, we'll keep our eye on this and see what, you know, what happens from here, and the never-ending Nicki versus Cardi story. I want to talk about this new Eminem verse. Uh, I usually don't just discuss verses, um, but this one was interesting, man, and I really want to praise Eminem for this. Uh, I like his flow delivery tone. I hope this is a hint of what we're getting when it comes to his new album. If he is making a new album, he hasn't officially announced a new album, but knowing Eminem, he is working on something. And I just like... I like what he was talking about on this track, and the fact that it had Juice World on it, and it's off Juice World's album is really, really great. I just enjoyed it. I, I didn't expect this song to come out. I had no idea. I saw it on uh, X, aka Twitter, and uh, I was like, "Oh, let me listen to this. Let me, let me go listen to this." So, let's go over the article. I Eminem mean, has hopped on the new Juice World track to honor some of the hip hop's fallen soldiers who tragically succumbed to substance abuse, uh, something he struggled with himself back in the day. So that's the beautiful thing about this verse. He mentions a lot of artists that dealt with drug addiction and just substance abuse problems. And because Eminem has been through that and nearly died from that, it was really, really, really interesting to hear him speak on it, on a verse, like in the way he did. Because um, nobody else can do that unless you've actually been through it. So on Saturday, December 16th, some said he shared some of his wisdom as a former addict who made it out of the other side on the posthumous joint Lace It produced by Benny Blanco and Cashmere Cat. It features a bittersweet verse and hook from the late Chicago rapper, followed by M offering younger artists a word of caution about getting carried away. This is the verse: You pop some X C first, it gets progressively worse. Try your best to reverse, unsuccessfully flirting with certain death and reverting to your promethazine urge. The fucking devil he lurks. Lose your best friends. He smirks. Wake up and everything hurts. Uh, the D12 rapper then remembers some of his peers who weren't with us, who aren't with us today. Citing them as an example of unfulfilled potential while while emphasizing the dangers of drug abuse. The verse mentions Juice, Shock G, Lil Peep, Old Dirty Bastard, Gangsta Boo, and Pimp C, as well as Prince and Michael Jackson. Phenol, uh, Oxy, Demerol, them are all what possibly got Shock G. Roxycodone and Lean is probably what got Lil Peep and ODB. So many who OD be way too young to see me, continues. Juice, we will forever miss you. To the younger generation, I ain't lecturing you, but man, just be careful. That's a great way to end it. Um, cause you don't want to sound like too preachy, especially when you're a lot older of an artist. But, um, yeah, Eminem nearly died in 2007. Uh, after Proof died, you know, that kind of spiraled him into more depression. And, uh, yeah, he would have died basically in 2000. It was very really close. Like, had Eminem passed away in 2007, I think, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see how people would have reacted, you know, um, yeah i'm glad he did it obviously i think a lot of his music post the drug problems are actually really good i think a lot of people give him shit once he got sober you know like oh he isn't what eminem used to be and i sometimes give him that but i think he's delivered like relapse to me is one of my favorite albums uh recovery is great kamikaze is great like those three albums he's delivered are really good the rest are like so-so here and there um but regardless uh very, very dope verse. If you haven't heard it, check out Juice World Eminem Lace It. Very, very cool verse, man. I I love Eminem's tone. It wasn't too aggressive, yelly. It was like a good balance, matched the beat well. And uh, yeah, it's nice to see Juice World. you know, nice to hear Juice World again, man. Uh, I miss, miss his music. Great, talented artist. and He had so many records recorded, so uh, his mom did confirm that they're looking to potentially release a new album from him in 2024. So if you're a Juice World fan like me, be on the lookout for that man. He's a great artist. Speaking of music, let's get into new music. Uh, Lil Baby dropped three fifty and crazy. I'm not gonna lie; these songs are boring and not interesting at all. Lil Baby has lost a lot of steam. A lot of people are not interested in music. A lot of music sounding the same, and these records do sound a lot the same of what he released. Like put right on, like all those other records they released earlier. Uh, they sound a lot the same. So uh, yeah, nothing really. I heard those immediately, and I wasn't really a fan. Playboy Cardi 2024 dropped it on YouTube. Uh, I'm not a fan of Playboy Cardi. I think it's a two-pack of ass, but the song is better than what he used to release in the past, so I guess whatever that accounts for. Uh, Gucci Man and BG dropped Talk. Uh, Law Tyler and Lotto dropped the Grinch Freestyle. John Legend dropped Don't Need Sleep. Bass and J. Cole dropped Home Alone. Uh, Nicki Minaj dropped the Pink Friday 2 Deluxe, which, like I said, Beep Deep Remix with 50s on there. Uh, Rich the Kid, Jay Critch, and Famous Dex dropped Big Dog. So check out those tracks. Uh album sales. Nicki Minaj debuted at number one with the fucking bullet. With the bullet. Uh two hundred and twenty two thousand eight. No, two hundred and twenty two thousand six hundred and sixty-five sales with eighty seven thousand of them being physical copies. So that's about what do you want to say? About forty to forty percent? Being physical copies and 60% being streams, that's really good. That's impressive. That's how you move units uh, when you get physicals, because that's what Taylor Swift's been doing, selling physicals out here. Speaking of Taylor Swift, is number two. Uh, 1989, Taylor's version, 105,000 sold. Like I said, she does do physicals, so she sold 61,000 in physical sales on that alone. She did 43,000 on streams, so she does a lot more in physical. Uh, Drake, for all the dogs, number three, 66,000 sold. Tate McRae debuted at number four with Thank Me, Thank Later. Uh, at 66,000 sold Michael Bubble Christmas is at number 5 with 65,000 sold Morgan Wallen One Thing at a Time number 6 with 62,000 sold Taylor Swift Midnight's number 7 with 56,000 sold SZA SOS number 8 with 50,000 sold Taylor Swift Folklore number 9 with 49,000 sold Nat King Cole Christmas Song is at number 10 with 48,000 sold Uh, going down the list Travis Scott Utopia number 20 with 36,000 sold uh, Rod Wave Nostalgia number twenty six with thirty one thousand sold. Post Malone The Diamond Collection number thirty three with twenty seven thousand sold. A lot of these are Christmas albums: Elton John, Elvis Presley, Kelly Clarkson, all these Christmas stuff. Um, that's really it for hip hop. There's nothing here. Doja Cat Scarlet is at number fifty with twenty one thousand sold. That's really about it. Um, yeah, in terms of hip hop, it's a bunch of Christmas stuff, and it's going to be like that for a little while. So. Interesting. Uh, that's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. Appreciate you guys. As always, Spotify, Deezer Podcast, YouTube. Uh, probably in a week, not this Sunday, maybe next Sunday, I'm going to do my top end of the year list, maybe around there. And then I'm going to take, I think, I don't know, maybe first week of January or second. I don't know what's going on. Whatever happens on the news, but I'm going to take like a two week hiatus from the podcast. I just want to take a two week hiatus, refresh, reset. Um, Maybe not. Maybe I'll just continue. I don't know. We'll see. We'll. Um, I haven't made my decision on that. Uh, if I do take a hiatus, I want to do a last episode where you guys can call in and do all that, you know, so we kind of wrap up with season three. I want to look. Actually, I do have tick take hiatus. I'm tripping because I have to look at the numbers and see what we what, what we did this year and is sustainable going forward, which I think we did a great job this year. Uh, we really progressed on a lot of different things, so definitely going to be doing season four. I don't see the chances of it not doing it is like 10%, so um, yeah, I'm going to look at those numbers. So yeah, I probably will take a hiatus for about a week, maybe two weeks. I don't want to take too long because I don't want, you know, I took in way too much hiatuses like what's, when I was working on the Girish documentary, it took like a whole month off when we we're trying to set up this new area. The new look took like three, four months off. So it's like, it's, don't want everyone to do that again. So we'll take like a one week, maybe two week hiatus. After that, I'll be right back doing our thing. And I'm going to try to implement some new things as well. Um, so with that being said, thank you all. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you listen to this and peace.